welcome to Her Journey Podcast, where we talk with incredible, talented, and powerful women about their experiences. My name is Aline, and I'm your host, and today I am joined with Grace, the founder and design lead of Design Buddies. So yeah, please go ahead and just introduce yourself. Thank you so much for having me on, Aline. I'm super excited to be here. I'm Grace. I am currently, I'm, I run Design Buddies. I'm sorry, I started to make, can we cut that part off? Yeah, of course. I had too much coffee today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was at another workshop earlier, too. Um, But should we just continue? Uh, Yeah, go ahead. I can cut anything you want. Awesome. Thank you. Sorry about that. Um, Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on, Aline. I appreciate it. I'm Grace. I'm full-time. I am a designer at Electronic Arts, and I also run Design Buddies as a side hustle. And my background is pretty different than design. I grew up wanting to be an anime artist, and then I majored in bioengineering in college and computer science and was in game development for a bit before going into design. And for fun, I create a lot of content for my social media and blog, and with a total following of 40,000 people, and also run an art business on the side as well for fun. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think you mentioned a little bit um, in your introduction that you didn't really get into design till later on. So when you were in high school, like what was it that you were mostly focused on and interested in? Yeah, when I was in high school, actually growing up as a kid, I've always was that kid in class who drew comics instead of paying attention in class. I was kind of that class clown. I was really into Garfield and a bunch of manga. And I just loved making people laugh. And I was that random kid who screamed in class to keep people on their toes. So that was the kind of person I was in high school. And I was also an avid cross country and track runner. Um, And I got really into running around my freshman year of high school and had dreams to run the Olympics. And then I took this class called AP Bio in my junior year. I really loved it because I could apply what I learned to running and how like breathing more oxygen makes my mitochondria make more ATP. I thought that was so fascinating that I wanted to learn that further. So that kind of inspired my major in bioengineering in college to explore different ways I could biohack myself to run faster. So my high school was kind of transitioning, beginning wanting to be an anime artist and later wanting to go into bioengineering and medicine when I applied for college. Yeah, that's awesome. I think science is kind of a tougher topic for me personally, but um, I know like a lot of people are really amazing at STEM. So that's awesome that you were able to kind of find something you were interested in. Um, But yeah, I'd love to start by talking a little bit about your background in design I mean, you're obviously doing a lot of incredible work related to design and art right now. So even though like you were really focused on, you know, like biology and um, bioengineering and things like that, when or how did you really get interested in this design field specifically? Yeah, growing up, because I love drawing comics, I love storytelling. I also love playing video games. I was actually really obsessed with this game called Maple Story to the point where I got max level in that game. So anime games were my childhood. And then in college, I also grew up in the Bay Area and went to a high school that was really competitive. A lot of the kids and teachers wanted, really encouraged us to go into STEM, like the only career path that I thought was successful that the teachers made us think that was successful was doctor, engineer, lawyer. So that's why I kind of dropped on my creative interests and went into STEM in college. Um, And then 
in college, after kind of being in bioengineering for two, my first two years of college and doing internships, I did research on gene therapy and also interned at a medical clinic. I realized I was just doing all this for my resume and I was always looking forward to going home so I can play games and draw. And my favorite part of research was actually taking photos of my cells and overlaying them in Photoshop and working in Photoshop instead of the actual cell work. Um, and then my junior year happened, and that was about 2018, my junior year of college. There is this virtual reality lab that opened up my school, and I, I basically used the resources available free to me as a student and taught myself how to make a VR game by watching a lot of YouTube tutorials. I just like that really taught me that I shouldn't pursue something just for my major. I can, I have the internet. I can like learn everything else outside of my major, not bound to my major. And so decided to go into game design and development. And also growing up in Silicon Valley, I was always told I needed to learn how to code. So I guess game dev is how I got into coding. And then after doing a few internships in game development and working on games from idea to creation, I realized I don't really like to code and that is okay. I realized my favorite part of making a game was the level design and the con conceptualizing the game and the user experience. And I honestly thought kind of, I also was really curious about other fields of design more broad outside of game design. And so like UI, UX and product design, making apps and websites. So that's how I got into that, just exploring different fields and trying out different internships and seeing what I like and don't like. And I love design so much, specifically UI, UX, and product design, because it really integrates a lot of storytelling for my early interest in drawing anime and manga. And then my systems thinking and problem solving from my engineering background. Yeah, that's super cool, actually. And yeah, I totally agree with you. I think like a lot of people think like STEM and coding, that's like the only career path that is really important nowadays. But yeah, I think that's amazing that you were exploring like game design and found something that you really enjoyed without expecting it as much. Um, but yeah, definitely. And so I actually, I'm actually pretty interested about your experience in game design. And I know, um, I think I saw that you did like a uh, VR game or not VR game, but I think you made like a biology related game of some sort. So that seemed really interesting. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. So in high school, I was also with the anime. So I actually drew um, an and So this was before Cells at Work came out. So this was around like 20, 2013, 2014. I decided to draw manga and I I have some pictures of it I, that's not published anywhere, but I drew a manga about how cellular respiration and photosynthesis works in different um, processes in the human body. And that was just like bringing, I loved bringing life and character and personality to inanimate objects and, and storytelling and using biology. Like I was such a fan of biology and I realized I'm a fan of it. Like I'm a fan of anime. I don't actually like working in a lab, like working with cells, but I just love learning about them. So I thought they have such a cool story to sell, tell how cells interact and everything. And so I decided to use that as my inspiration on creating a game because I love games and I love the story cells tell. So that was how my biology inspired virtual reality game Selfie was born. And it was just a journey of learning how to do 3D modeling and learning how to make a game and using game engines on YouTube, joining gaming communities and staying in the VR lab until 3 a.m. with some of my friends who were just self-learning VR and creating a game and all inspired by biology because I've always enjoyed it growing up and inspired my whole game, my first game I made. Yeah, that's super awesome, actually. And the fact that you self-learned all of that, like that's something 
like that takes a lot of determination and patience. So that's incredible that you were able to do that. And yeah, so I did want to talk about that big project you're working on um, that's related to that field of design, actually. And that's Design Buddies, which is actually a really interesting concept. And yeah, I'd love to know a little bit more about your mission, your goals, and basically what you do in that organization. Yeah, for sure. And so, so after kind of graduating from college in 2019 and kind of having my career goals set on game design or game development, I've realized I don't really like to code, so I want to go into UI, UX, and product design. However, I started, so after I graduated June 2019, I started grad school, actually, in computer science and engineering at the same school I went to, just because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, and I was afraid if I, like, didn't do school, didn't have work, my parents would think I'm not doing anything, so that's why I signed up for grad school, to, like, procrastinate on adulting for a few more years to figure my life out. Um, and while I first quarter in grad school, um, I realized I don't really want to go into development anymore. And I found this online course on design. It was like this free course, it's not running anymore, but I it was like a product design course and I really liked it so much. And I decided to kind of switch into that field. And it was such a rough journey because I had I didn't have any support from any professors. I didn't know anybody in that industry. And I really wanted to work for like a social media or games company. Um, and the professors are actually really discouraging me. Like, I remember I had a few professors who, like, I remember one time the head of the bioengineering department at my school, I was his grader, um, and he, I was just getting papers from his class, and he sat me down for, like, an hour telling me how I'm doing everything wrong with my life, how um, his 14-year-old daughter does design, and I started too late, and I should stick with my major because that's apparently my set career path. Um, and I had other, like, cases like that where professors and other individuals whom I previously looked up to basically discouraged me in going into design because my major was not in design. And while being, because I knew after kind of doing internships and engineering majors, I knew that was not the thing that brings me the most joy. And so I tried looking online for people to connect with because I didn't, I didn't know anyone in my real life. And so I joined other design communities on, on Facebook, I think, and also on Slack. But I feel like people kind of looked down upon me because I didn't have a design degree and didn't think I was serious about it. I just feel like I didn't fit in and it felt a little bit elitist. And so this was around end of 2019, beginning of 2020. And I was kind of struggling getting internships, trying to apply for internships back then and um, getting ghosted everywhere as well. And so I tried just like networking with people online, but then also feeling like an outsider in these communities. So I decided to start my own community called Design Buddies in April 2020. I've always loved bunnies because I've always loved running and bunnies like to run. And I have an art business called Candy Leaf, Candy Leaf Designs, which is logo is the bunny and buddy kind of sounds like bunnies. And so, <laughs> and then that, that makes our logo a bunny as well and our mascot a bunny, um, Fluffle the Bunny. And so <laughs> for Design Buddies, I just like wanted a place to like make some buddies in design and create a, a safe space where anybody interested in design can ask questions and connect with other designers without feeling judged by their background or judged by anything. Um, and then it just kind of blew up. And now in, I guess like since April 2020, so it's February 2021 now, we have 
over 16,000 members join. Um, and I didn't expect any of this at all. I remember posting this on Asian Creative Network on Facebook, and that's how we got our first 200 people. And they just tried to ha have moderators and make it just like a safe place for people to feel not judged. And it just kind of grew from there. We have like a lot of events and try to be inclusive and having free resources for people. And one of our goals is to really break down barriers. Like, for example, people who like, especially in big companies, you really have to know people to get in. And people who might have went to a non like Ivy League school um, are maybe at a disadvantage in connecting with these people at these like these large companies. And so we really want to like kind of reduce that barrier or break down that barrier. Um, everything too and just enable everyone to have an opportunity to learn design in a place that they feel not judged by asking any questions to learn yeah definitely like that's such an incredible story actually and i think that really actually proves that like it's never too late to decide like what you want to do in the future because i know a lot of people think like in high school you have to decide everything you want to do and you just have to be set on a career already but yeah you <laughs> it's obvious that like, it's definitely never late to change your mind. But yeah, that's such an incredible story. And I love what your organization is doing. And yeah, I'd love to hear even more about like, maybe some of the projects you've worked on in the past or are working on right now, or maybe some of the events and things like that you've hosted. Yeah, for sure. And for Design Buddies, I've met people who are like in their 50s changing career paths. So it really is never too late. Like, I feel like when I was in high school, I, I was like 100%, I thought I was like set on becoming a doctor, but that changed dramatically. So it's okay to change. And I feel like it's never a waste of time either because the moment, because like the more you experience life, the more you realize what you don't want to do. And that is equally as important as realizing what you do want to do. Um, and for Design Buddies, we plan to keep growing. We're currently like probably like the largest design community in the world and just keep providing free resources. We have a ton of events coming up and we got sponsored by Adobe. So we actually have a ton of a whole workshop series and uh, like a design-a-thon going up too. And we also have a newsletter coming up. We have internal clubs like game club, book club, movie club. And really we just, we also have a merch store that just recently launched as well. Um, and a ton of content coming for our social media, some more carousels and even TikTok videos coming up soon. And so we just try to see what people want and execute it. And it's really, we just survey our community a lot and seeing what people want and just like taking on people who want to do it. And most recently we've expanded our content team by like three times. So we'll be creating some content just share some free resources on our social media as well, and also updating our website with more content. So it's, I know it's like, there's like a lot of things, but we're gonna offer even more free resources. Like we have so many giveaways. Um, so basically we have, basically a lot of people reach out to me and whatever resources they give me, I always distribute to the, like a lot of people basically reach out to me for free giveaways for the community. So I always take these on or like partnerships um, and yeah. And I just kind of take it as it goes and um, let's keep listening to feedback and keep executing along the way. So it's not like one clear path, but our overall goal is to become like, um, so I guess I to sum it up, like the overall goal is when people think of design, they think of design buddies, like associate the whole field with design buddies. And that's like our overall goal. And we do this by, um, I do this by taking every opportunity that comes my way or comes our way um, and also listening to the community and seeing what they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like, that's such an amazing goal that you have. And 
you're already doing so much. Like that's so incredible that you've grown like so much. And that's super hard to like grow that much and have this amazing ginormous community of people who have like a similar passion. And so I think that's so incredible what you're doing. And you mentioned like before um, how you like while you were kind of figuring out like what you were really interested in in college or grad school or whatever you were doing, you had like a lot of um, people saying that you couldn't do it or say that you shouldn't do it. So how are you able to like manage getting back from that and kind of ignoring what they're saying and just like focusing on what you want? Yeah, great question. It was definitely because especially these were coming from professors who had previously thought they were like super cool. So it kind of felt like a uh, kind of bad not not that great you know um but I realized I helped me so actually my background growing up I was actually bullied a lot bullied a lot and bullied a lot in school um and I feel like I've learned to differentiate differentiate between people who are just toxic and people who are nice and not nice and I feel like that definitely played a role in me just being able to like ignore or like get over the fact that a lot of professors told me that I'm doing everything wrong or try to like compare me with their daughters really, really quickly. I just realized at the end of the day, I only have one life to live and it's not my job to listen to people who tell me what to do because I know myself the best and everyone knows their self the best. And when you are doing the best work, then uh, when you're doing um, the work that you're most passionate about, then you can put your best work out there and ultimately make more money in the long term as well. And so that kind of mindset, just like realizing that I don't have to listen to my professors. I don't have to listen to my parents. Um, they are experts in their field, but they're not experts in my field. And I don't owe them anything. I don't have to listen to them. And that just helped me. I gave myself permission to um, not listen to them. And that helped me kind of get over that pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That is like such an amazing mindset to have, like going into like whatever you're doing, whether it's just a challenge you're trying to overcome or just something you're trying to do in general. So yeah, definitely an incredible mindset to have. And yeah, so talking more about kind of your journey with growing Design Buddies as a whole, would you say, or what would you say is the, was the hardest part of really like growing it and running it and organizing all these different events and projects yeah i've never actually grown a community before in the past i just like made a random discord server and it just kind of blown out of my expectations so it's a lot of learning in the beginning the mistake i made was i put people that i barely knew who want to help out in positions of power and position of leadership and um sometimes people would say like, oh my God, I want to help you. And like, sometimes they would just like ghost us for like months and months on end. Um, and so I really learned to develop trust with people before like taking them on into leadership roles um, and really define goals and clear expectations for my admin team. And so everyone knows exactly what to do. Um, and there's less room for questions or less room for like confusions and stuff as well. So that was a like, kind of the main challenge, being able to like, organize a team, delegate tasks, um, and also developing trust with people I've met on the internet who I've never met in real life. But over time, I get to know people more. Um, and also, with especially with like money in play with the sponsorship and stuff, and that was definitely a lot of just like trust as well. Um, and also dealing with people who like Discord is such an open platform and we're super, super public. So sometimes you have like trolls come in, but I've kind of solved that by, well, not solved that, but kind of eliminate, mitigate that by having 
our team of moderators. And it's like we have over 40 volunteer moderators that help us out and keep the community running because our mission is to be inclusive and um, and safe and making sure that nobody in Design Buddies makes everyone feel uncomfortable. So that's why we have a community team and team of moderators, or moderators to keep things running smoothly and making sure nobody is causing problems and kind of banning people appropriately. And so I guess the challenge is like delegating things and leading a team and knowing exactly what to do um, when this whole thing just kind of blew up really quickly. And then also moderating and delegating people to moderate. So I, I cannot read every single chat there's like thousands and thousands of messages that come through each day, but we have a moderators that help us out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like what you said about team, like finding the right team, especially is like super relatable and definitely important when you're running such an amazing and um, like quickly growing organization like you are. And yeah, so I just really love that entire mission and concept that you kind of have with Design Buddies. And I know like along with that, you also do a lot of other design art related um, projects or work or have done them in the past. And I know you actually have your own business for selling merchandise. So I love to like know a little bit about kind of the background of that and are you still doing it and maybe um, how it was. Because growing up, I've always really looked up to people at anime conventions who had their own booth and like the Artist Alley anime conventions. I've always aspired to do the same. I thought it was like super cool running your own booth and having merch made of your own art. And I didn't kind of give myself permission to do that until after after I graduated college because I thought I had to study, unfortunately. And then it was between, um, I think that was like between 2019 and 2020 when I was like at my internship last summer and Tutor Surgical. Well, that was last last summer, actually. It's 2021 now. Um, but in 2019, I after just graduating from undergrad, I realized I just want to do it. I'm making money now. I have an internship. I have money so I can invest in some art business stuff. And I just want, I just like looked on, I joined this Facebook group called Artists Alley Network International with a bunch of people, artists who do full-time at anime conventions. So that's their entire life. And they have a lot of tips and resources on where to find manufacturers, how to deal with difficult customers, how to register um, your art as a business. And so I just like read so many articles, watched a bunch of YouTube tutorials, work with manufacturers, working with Alibaba um, in a different country and interesting with my art and things like that um, and just signing up for conventions and also meeting a lot of artist friends so networking as well and sharing tables splitting costs and yeah it was super fun and that was my whole entire second half of 2019 it was just like doing anime anime conventions I think I did like six or eight or something towards like October to December actually I just signed up for every single one I found around my area and tabled in it and it was super super fun um, and then that was around the same time I was also transitioning from engineering to design. So I was also working on that as well. And I continued tabling through the beginning of 2020 and making merch. Um, and then the coronavirus hit. And then I had to cancel all my shows for 2020, unfortunately. Um, but then I invested more time into design. So I kind of changed focus to design. So Candy Leap Designs, my art business, is something I just run purely on the side. Um, and I just have my Etsy shop open and I, I don't advertise it that much, um, but it's there in case people like randomly find it on my website um, if, they, if they dig deep enough. So yeah, it's just like a very side yeah. side hustle. 
just purely for fun. And it makes nice gifts for people as well. So that's, I have like a lot of stockpile because I was to have a lot of shows for 2020, but then coronavirus canceled them all. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's amazing. Like, I think something that's so incredible about you is that you're like really going out and taking the initiative to like self-learn all these things and like really do what you love. And I think that's something like so incredible and pretty unique because a lot of the time it's hard to find that motivation to like self-learn something or seek out those resources. So that's like something super amazing that um, you've done and are doing. And yeah, well, I mean, another thing that I really wanted to cover is like your, I know you're doing a lot of um, work right now and projects and things like that. And I also know that you have your uh, electronic arts internship. And I thought that was actually really interesting because I was looking at some of the projects that you're working on right now related to that. And so I actually got my EA internship without applying. It was all through networking and Design Buddies helped me kind of get me the confidence to reach out to people on LinkedIn. And so I just DM a bunch of people on LinkedIn to ask about their design backgrounds and for advice. Um, just like coffee chat with people. And that's essentially how I landed my internship at EA. And so I was an intern there um, from June 2020 to December 2020 before they offered me a full-time job. So I decided to take that. Um, and at EA, they're a games and tech company. And at EA, it's a huge company and you can work in games, aka studios or technology where I work or marketing or people experience, which is HR. And so I work in a technology branch, which is one of the biggest divisions of EA. Um, and then my team is the only design team in that whole technology org. And so we work on a lot of, we work on over 50 different products ranging from player to employee experience. And so most, much of my time there was spent working on those kind of projects. And at my internship, I mostly worked on EA Help, which is that page where all players of EA games visit in case they want to get help on their site, which is super cool because there's like several million users who use that project each month. And I was given that as an intern. I was at my previous internships, I was never ever given something that was used by so many users and um, can be produced and actually shipped. And so I, I, that's why I really loved my internship at EA because I felt like I was part of a team. I felt like I wasn't treated like an intern. I was treated like an employee compared to like other internships I've done. Um, and that's why I decided to, and that was like one of the projects I've worked on. I also worked on some graphic design, um, and some other projects that I can't talk about because of NDA. Um, but that, that was, the reason why, and I also really like my teammates, and I feel like I could be myself at work, especially in a games company. People are a bit more chill. When I worked in medicine or, and medical devices, people are more professional. I feel like I had to tone down my personality a bit too. And so I feel like the industry you're in also determines like the overall vibe. And sometimes people vibe with different industries as well. So that's another thing I learned. Um, and yeah, I really liked it there and really connected with my coworkers and they gave me a full-time offer. So that, I decided to take that on and I am actually still in school. Um, I was actually going to do finish my internship and then finish school, but then they gave me a full-time offer and I decided to like take it right away and then do school part-time now. So I just have a few classes left. And so I just do that kind of after work. Um, thankfully, with everything being remote, I'm able to do everything because I don't have to commute anywhere. Um, and yeah, and then now that I'm working full time, so since December, I've been given so many more projects and so much more responsibilities and also so much more paid. I got to negotiate as well, which is great. 
Um, and like a lot of more meetings, a lot more responsibilities, but also a lot of more power to make product decisions, a lot of collaborations between product managers and engineers to actually influence the outcomes of products, which affect like millions of users, which is really, really cool. And as an intern, I'm just the one kind of executing, but as a full-timer, I'm the one guiding the direction of the product as well. So that's kind of the biggest differences I've noticed between interning and working full-time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really awesome, actually. Like the fact that you were able to land that internship just from like networking and reaching out and taking initiative, like that's something so amazing and like surprising to me actually. And yeah, so I mean, I know like this internship you mentioned is or was um, like pretty different from the type of projects and work and internships you've had in the past. And so would you say like there was a lot of pressure or like challenges first stepping into that role as an intern for such a like incredible and known company? Yeah, like I felt like so much pressure, but I feel like LinkedIn helped me a lot. For, for instance, like people, I would connect with people on LinkedIn and they would like comment on my post within the company and I could tell that they, like really wanted me there. And I feel like this is actually also my first ever design internship. And I was just trying to learn as much as I can, ask as many questions as I can, connecting with people. And as an intern, they made me feel like really welcome and not judge for asking questions. I also emailed the CEO to do a talk with Design Buddies and he said yes. And I'm still figuring out a time with him <laughs> to do a talk to Design Buddies. And I was also able to get coffee chats with um, the C-suite, like the VPs, and chief, like the vice presidents and everything, and everyone from like the leadership as well, because they're so open to talking to interns. So I used my intern card to be able to reach out to them. And I talked with them for like total of an hour as well. And they told me, I asked them about all the lessons they learned. They share a lot of the great stories and everything as well. And I feel like this is so different compared to the other companies I've entered at because um, the CEOs or like the um, VPs wouldn't, like spend so much time investing in their interns. And I felt like part of a company as well. And so that's why I really liked working at EA just because I felt like afraid at first when I realized everyone just like nice and interns, I have a little more pressure. I have a little less pressure. Um, I have more room to mess up and it's okay if I make mistakes because people are like super, super forgiving to interns. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah, the, I mean, the fact that you were offered like a full-time like offer is just so incredible to me and you're still a student, which is like seriously amazing. And I know like um, you mentioned like you're balancing school still with this um, like job that you have at EA. And so how are you able to, like, I know you mentioned, obviously it's a bit easier with everything being remote, but how are you able to like balance school and just this, job and running design buddies i only focus on passing for school because before <laughs> because i already have a job so that's that's one thing that saves a lot of time and another thing is i only have electives left so i get to choose the easy ones and so that's my reality that's how i'm able to balance everything um and also i also like for example it's kind of like over-promising and under-delivering. And some example of that is if someone asks me to do something and does not give me any deadline for it, then I tell them like two or three times the amount of time I think I, I think I would need to finish the task. And then usually I would finish faster, which delights them, but it also gives me room in case something comes up along the way too. So just setting, giving myself more time with people 
to finish tasks also helps a lot as well in trying to balance everything out and not being too stressed with too many deadlines up and coming as well. And also because I just focused on passing, um, not recommended if it like I, I would not give this advice to people like in high school applying for colleges because your GPA does matter. Um, but that's how I manage my time and able to balance everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like seriously so incredible, like everything you're doing. That's honestly like so amazing. And I know like you mentioned um, a lot of the things that you've done involve networking and even like landing your internship involved a lot of networking. So would you say like in order to like land an internship or um, do a project such as yours, networking is maybe the most important part or do you think there are like a lot of other aspects oftentimes for especially large companies it's, it's about who you know not necessarily like your skills but you also have to have skills because i actually did have to interview as well and so i do have to have design background i did have to have a portfolio and i did have to have several projects on there that demonstrated my commitment to the field and so i feel like it's a balance i would say so this is actually something i remembered from one of the talks of design buddies i actually had the senior manager of my team she wanted to give a talk on demystifying ux hiring managers and design buddies and she said that getting a job it's about 51 percent soft skills and 49 percent technical skills or hard skills or design thinking skills so I definitely think um, self-awareness, knowing what I know, what, knowing what I don't know, and also knowing some actionable tips to improve these weaknesses is also super, super important, um, as well as being on top of technical skills, being able to use Figma, being able to do design thinking and take a problem to a solution. So I would say a balance of everything, but networking is a big part, it helps you give such a leg up because at the end of the day, it is you could have the best portfolio in the world and become the most and be the most skilled designer. But if nobody knows who you are, then you're probably not like it's, people who know more and more people are going to be at an advantage from my personal experience as well. Because these companies, especially large companies, they get like millions of applications a year. Um, and knowing someone like knowing I saw so I network with a director. And so he was in a position to um, get like do an internship, like um, budget make a budget for an intern. So that definitely helped along the way. But I also sent 400 connection requests to Cold Connect on LinkedIn along the way. Did 30 coffee chats, got ghosted by most people, which is completely normal, and really just went out of my way to like network to get there. So it was a lot of hard work trying to make myself known and also improving my skills and everything too, to make myself like a more competitive candidate. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But yeah, still, like, I think that's amazing that you really went out of your way to network and do all these different things to stand out. And I think like that's something so amazing and some great advice as well for those um, looking for internships or things like that. So yeah, that was that's definitely amazing advice. Um, but yeah, and I wanted to close with any other advice that you maybe had for students or high school students who are interested in design and are looking to get more involved in the field early on. So I'll give some advice I would give my younger self in high school because the environment I grew up in was actually pretty toxic. Like a lot of the kids would like ask me what my SAT score was, what my GPA was, what college I got into. And so there's a lot of pressure to go into STEM and there's a lot of like popularity around that. Like if you're into STEM, then you're like the popular kid. And in high school, I was that nerdy kid who liked anime and playing games and 
didn't wasn't really like fit in and i just want to say like high school is not forever you're never <laughs> like for me it lies of like non-popular kid high school like i felt like a second class citizen when i was personally in high school and i never see anyone in high school ever again it's actually they actually all reached out to me on linkedin which is kind of weird um but i was that random social outcast not social outcast but like that quiet kid in high school who was always shy and felt less of myself because I was not as enthusiastic as STEM as the popular kids were. Um, and I would just say high school is not forever. Keep doing your interests. If you love art, you love drawing, keep doing that. Because that's what I drew. That's what I did. I just kept drawing and threw my skills in that without just kind of like muting other people and muting people's like judgments against me. Um, and just keep doing what you like. And don't worry about what other people think of you because you're never, you're probably never going to see these people again. And honestly, uh, now I'm just like a few years after high school. So 2015, I graduated high school in 2015. So six years after high school, people change so much. Like kids and middle school, especially middle school, like kids can be horrible. <laughs> kids can be mean, um, but they grew up to be nice people some usually. And so that's advice I would give myself in high school. Like it's only temporary. People are not like this forever. And just keep pursuing your interests and don't let other people, even your classmates tell you otherwise. Um, and even if it doesn't seem like the most popular choice, just keep pursuing your interests because at the end of the day, you know yourself better and you don't owe them anything. You don't owe anybody an explanation as well or anything. So just keep pursuing your interests and um, ignore people who don't are like, who give off bad vibes. <laughs> I 100% agree with that advice. And I think a lot of people can learn from that as well. But yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on and speaking today. Do you have any platforms, websites, links, things where people can find you. Anyone, welcome to join Design Buddies um, and connect with other buddies interested in design. Um, my website's just grace-link.com has all my projects and all my links to my social media. And the social media I use, I use the most is Instagram. I have like a running slash lifestyle blog one um, and also an art one that I use. I have just seven Instagrams, but those are the two I use most often. I also an act on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. Um, and yeah, you can find me anywhere. I'm also active on Clubhouse, recently got into that re really recently. Um, I'm basically on every single social media platform, which is all linked on my website, grace-link.com. I can also send you the links as well. Okay, yeah, definitely. I'll be sure to link them in the podcast description. Um, but yeah, well, thank you again so much for being a guest today. It was seriously such a pleasure talking to you. And yeah, thank you yeah. so much for having me on.